awkward. We are good. We are set. We are ready to go. Let's be in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Benny in the Booth Podcast. On this week's episode, we've got some MLB news. We've got the Hall of Fame ballot that has finally been revealed, and I'll explain to you why I did not get to do prediction for it. With a huge rage moment for me, and the NFL Division Lot recap with championship game schedule and predictions. All that coming up, let's try to get right into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 111 of Benny in the Booth Podcast. Thank you so much for all the support to this point. I very much do appreciate it. Um, and before we start, in terms, I did say originally last at one point, I think two weeks ago, I was going to do predictions for the Hall of Fame ballot. But when I said that, I forgot about the fact that, and I didn't realize this till like a night or two ago, that the ballot, the results were going to be coming out before I would do the episode because of my school schedule. Uh, so I kind of buckled myself over on that one, and I do apologize. Though, honestly, the results were people I probably would have put in, or definitely would have put in myself. Uh, there are names that I would put in that did not make it. One that is the rage moment of this episode. But I'm going to save the ballot for a different point of the episode. Because I want to start with football, and then we'll get into regular baseball news, and then the Hall of Fame ballot. Either way, sorry about that. Uh, also, not sure if this is going to be for sure the firm time new for Podcasts Weekly with me back in school. I still have to figure things out. There's still a certain thing that's a factor that I haven't started yet that's going to factor into what time I'm going to do these. So it could be I do these late at night, could be I do these in the morning, could be I pre-record them, could be I do them on a different day of the week. I still have to see and figure things out before I can firmly say, hey, expect episodes on this this day and this time. But, <coughs> <coughs> sorry, uh, that's the update on that. Anyways, NFL Divisional Round Recap. The Ravens and Texans... Ravens won 34-14, but the big part for helping them was Lamar Jackson having a 15-yard rushing touchdown and an 8-yard rushing touchdown, along with two passing touchdowns, being all the difference in this game to help Baltimore win this game and win a playoff game for the first time since 2021 against uh, Tennessee Titans. Lamar is also the fifth different player to have two pass touchdowns, two rush touchdowns, and a playoff game in NFL history. Also from this game, Steven Sims had a 67-yard punt return touchdown for Houston, which is the first return touchdown in the playoffs since 2012, which I believe would have been Jacoby Jones for the Ravens in Super Bowl 47, but I might be mistaken. But either way, uh, it's kind of hilarious for me to see Baltimore give that up because the Browns also gave a return gave up a return touchdown on special teams this year to Houston and how Ravens did it, but in much worse circumstance, so it didn't matter because was literally the only touchdown slash the last points that literally got to 10-10 at half, right before half. Uh, the Texans <coughs> would score all night, but just kind of hilarious out of that game. But Ravens obliterated 
The 49ers barely, well, actually, this is a crazy game, 49ers-Packers. I thought this game would be a blowout and the other one would be close. But, uh, no, uh, Packers had a lead for a good amount. 49ers took the lead on Christian McCaffrey's secure touchdown run, his second of the game. And then Dre Greenlaw had a game-sealing INT of a pass that should not have been that far out by kept by uh, Jordan Love that sent San Francisco back to the NFC Championship game for the fourth time in five years. Keyson Nixon, Keyshawn Nixon for the Packers had a 73-yard kick return, but fumbled it. But Green Bay's Eric Wilson was able to recover it. It did lead to a Packers touchdown and a two-point conversion. Just a fun fact for the game. Lions won 31-23 thanks to Derek Barnes having a pick to steal the win for the Lions in the fourth quarter. Baker trying to pull off one last drive, but got picked off, and that sealed it. And then the game that I did post an immediate reaction to, check it out on the YouTube channel. The Chiefs beat the Bills because Tyler Bassett's 44-yard field goal that could have been the game winner went wide right. And now the Bills have two unanimous ride rights to their name, one being this game and one being the Super Bowl. And I saw that there were death threats out for Bass, the extent that he took out his social media. I guess, like, here's the thing with that. Like, death threats, yeah, that's definitely uh, overdoing it. But I can understand their rage because they're now unanimous with two wide rights in two of their most pivotal playoff games in in their history. Which, for context, the first one was Super Bowl in the 90s. They were playing the Giants. I forget how far the field goal was. Uh, Scott Norwood was their kicker. Sailed wide right and led to four straight, three straight Super Bowls after three more losses. And they haven't been back to the Super Bowl since that stretch of the 90s. Which those losses were outside of the Giants, were to the Reds, to the well, Redskins at the time, now Commanders, and the Cowboys back-to-back in the last two. And now this one... Like, I can understand their pain, but I don't know if I would have said uh, death threats. That's a bit over the top. And even apparently the Packers kickers got death threats because he missed a field goal. <coughs> that could have made a big difference in their game. That's a, I don't understand that at all because, like, yeah, it made an impact, but, like, they didn't have expectations really this year for them. See how Jordan Love could play, so I don't know. Uh, but also, with the Bills losing, it ruined my bracket completely because if you didn't know, the Bills were my Super Bowl pick for going into the, from the AFC and winning. Now that's out the door. Uh, my bracket predictions for divisional round I went two and two. Uh, total, which includes the fact that the Bills are out. Is 177 and 107. Non-bracket, I also went 2-2, two and two, and that is at 177 and 105. Championship game schedule and predictions. Chiefs at the Ravens is going to be the first game, 3 p.m. on CBS. I have been sitting, been, been sitting back and forth on this one. And it's like, top offense, top-notch offense, top-notch defense against a very good offense... Uh, defense. They saw it honestly in the playoffs and flipped the switch. And also you have the whole thing of Swift. Taylor Swift. So like, I've been kind of stuck on like, who to pick for this game. And 
Like, I could tell you the Browns fan of me, but even that, like, I could say I have reason to pick not to pick either. Um, and, like, here's the thing. You can even say the script would have biasy for either way. Because on one hand, you have the Super Bowl uh, logo colors of this year that indicate Ravens and 49ers, or technically Ravens and Lions, and that would be Ravens. Or you have the whole Swifty thing that's been causing crazy amount of viewership for all the games that the Chiefs have played for the NFL in the playoffs this year. And you say the Chiefs. So, like, I don't... I, at the end of the day, am going crazy direction. I guess maybe not super crazy. Uh, the line, before I do say my prediction, by line, the line for the game for ESPN bet is three and a half. But I am actually going to pick Kansas City. I am going to be downing Baltimore another week. And no, it's not Lamar Jackson in playoff history. I just have a hunch Kansas City might have just flipped the switch off and they're about to make a run uh, to the Super Bowl. I don't know about win the Super Bowl, but at least to go to the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens, though. Uh, but I am taking a giant risk with it, and I know it. Uh, and then it's going to be Lions at the 49ers, 6.30 on Fox. The 49ers are seven-point favorite. No matter how much I love the Lions story this year, and congrats to them for the story they pulled off, and the fact that they've gone this far. <coughs> uh and made this much of a run. But I don't see them being San Francisco. Whether Debo Samuel is in and out. Or out. But she might not be playing. I still think San Francisco is going to pull out with that game. And those are my predictions. For the championship game. So now. Let's get into MLB news. Outside of the Hall of Fame ballot results. There is a few. Josh Hader signed with the Houston Astros. The largest relief con- pitcher contract Ever in MLB history, five years, $95 million. I do not get why Houston needed him. But now they do have a deadly bullpen. But I am not going to say they went deadly squat because we all know what happened this year. Uh, Robert Stevenson, former reliever for the Rays, signed with the Angels three years, $330 million. Bad before he got traded to the Rays. Then went to the Rays, got pretty good this year. We'll see what happens with the Angels. Matt Carpenter and Lance Lynn decide they want one last hurrah with St. Louis and sign a one-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals for one last hurrah where both their careers started, both in the 2011 season. Uh, Carpenter was not so much a part of the postseason team, so I'm not sure if he got a ring or not. Lynn was actually, he was actually a reliever at the time, and I believe, I imagine he definitely got a ring. Aroldis Chapman signs with the Pittsburgh Pirates one year, $10 million. And Joey Gallo signed with the Nationals one year, $5 million. And pitcher James Paxton signs with the Dodgers one year, $11 million, With a $1 million for if he becomes an opening day starter bonus. And $1 million worth of incentives on the contract. So that is normal MLB stuff in terms for this uh, podcast. Let's get into the Hall of Fame ballot. Now, because I did not... Uh, do predictions. I'm going to run through the ballot quickly for you guys. Uh, just so you know who was on the ballot this year. And then I'll go into the results.
Bobby Breu, Jose Bautista, Carlos Beltran, Adrian Beltre, who's, uh, which is uh, Bobby Breu, who's on his fifth year of the ballot, Jose Bautista on his first year on the ballot, Carlos Beltran on his second year on the ballot, Adrian Beltre on his first year on the ballot, Mark Burley on his fourth year, Bartolo Colon on his first, Adrian Gonzalez on his first, Todd Helton on his sixth, Matt Holiday on his first, Tori Hunter on his fourth, Andrew John Jones on his seventh, Victor Martinez on his first, Joe Maurer on his first, Andy Pettit on his sixth, Brandon Phillips on his first, Manny on his eighth, Jose Reyes on his first, A-Rod on his third, K-Rod on his second, Jimmy Rollins on his third, Gary Sheffield on his tenth, James Shields on his first, Chase Utley on his first, Omar Vizquel on his seventh, Billy Wagner on his ninth, and David Wright, Wright on his first, which, for context, tenth year means you are off the ballot. And I'm going to share screen for YouTube, and I will also read out loud the ballot official results. We have three people that made it with 366 total votes, and which is 95.1%, pretty close to unanimously, and very much deserving of first ballot Hall of Fame. Adrian Beltre, third baseman who played for Seattle, Boston, Texas, L.A., and I don't think I'm forgetting any other teams, but very well-deserving of it. Even with the rage I do have, which if you're on YouTube, you'll see the player, but I will sign to mention the rage part after I go through the results. Todd Helton, which I thought was first, but is actually sixth year on the ballot, with 307 total votes from this year, and 79.7% is officially in the Hall of Fame. Very well-deserving, even with the whole course field thing. Congrats to him. And then Joe Maurer, who had 293 total votes, 76.1% of the votes. And on his first year of the ballot, also very well-deserving. Whole career with the Twins. Uh, was catcher and first baseman, won MVP in 2009. A lot of history he made in his career. Very well-deserving. Congrats to him. Ball players that did not make the ballot, but are still eligible for... The ballot next year, Billy Wagner, who ended up with 284 votes, which is 73.8%. Gary Sheffield with 264, or sorry, or Sheffield, who will not be in the ballot next year. He has finished all of his years of eligibility on the ballot. He ended with 246 total votes and 63.9%. Andrew Jones, 237 votes, 61.6%. Carlos Feltron, 220 votes, 57.1%. A-Rod with 234 Votes, 34.8%. Manny Ramirez with 125 total votes, which equals out to 32.8%. Chase Ali with 111 votes, 28.8%. Omar Vizquel, 68 votes, 17.1%. Bobby Abreu, 57 total votes, 14.8%. Uh, Jimmy Rollins, same amount of votes and same percentage. Andy Pettit, 52 total votes, 13.5%. Mark Burley, 32 total votes, 8.3%. K-Rod, or Francisco Rodriguez for context, that might not know who that is, with 30 total votes at 7.8%, Troy Hunter with 28 total votes at 7.3%, David Wright, and David Wright with 24 total votes at 6.2%. All those players did not make it, and except for Sheffield, will be back on next year's ballot because they did get enough to at least secure themselves a spot on next year's ballot. However... Jose Bautista, Victor Martinez, Bartolo Colon, Matt Holiday, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, and James Shields all got under 5%. 
meaning they did not get enough to stay on next year's ballot, and they will not be, and they are off the ballot. Bautista and Victor Martinez each had 1.6% and six votes. Bartolo Colon had five votes at 1.3%. The Holiday had four votes at 1%. Adrian Gonzalez had three votes at 0.8%. Raina Phillips had one vote at 0.3%. And Jose Reyes and James Shields did not get a vote at all. So that is the results of the ballot. So where does my upset rage come from? Oh, I need a breath before I... Oh, rage on us. What is any the five and it's apparently five votes. I don't know the exact total votes, but there's we're only five votes and something point something percent more needed to get Billy Wagner in the Hall of Fame this year. And I need to know from the the five from among the five people that could have voted for him. What is your reason? I'm sorry, but it is ridiculous that he is not in the Hall of Fame at this point. He is literally the left-handed version of Mariano Rivera, who's basic, who's pretty much the best reliever in baseball history. And Mo's left-handed. Billy Wagner is the left-handed version of that. Left hand, best left-handed closer in baseball history. I, I'm sorry, but what are you thinking? Not putting him in this year, like. What is your reason? And if all those reasoning, all those people's reasonings are that, oh, we'll still have more, another year. His last next year's is going to be his last year of eligibility. We still have another year to put him in. I'm sorry, that's dumb. He should be in now already. If you still think of that mindset, I'm sorry. Why vote? Why are you, why are you a voter? Why are you a voter? I, I'm sorry. Why? Why? Hold on one moment. Why? Just why? I'm stunned. Like, he should be... He should have been in it, maybe not first ballot. I mean, like you can make a case he should have been in the first ballot. Or, he, or, like, I just don't understand why he's not in it at this point. And I'm not going to say that the year he makes it, assuming he does make it, which he should next year, in 2025, which there is some good names next year, but still, that he should be unanimous. Hell, he doesn't have, Sorry. Heck, he doesn't have to be unanimous, but he should be in at this point. What are you doing? And literally, I know a whole bunch of people that would agree with me. And most of the bouts I'd seen that had gone public, that even were some that were controversial, whether they left off, whether someone who left off a player that he still had another year more of eligibility, but it turns out he didn't. Sheffield, aka, <coughs> which he's got to be rolling in his chair now, knowing Sheffield didn't make it this year. He's like, oh shoot, I might have kept him out. Oh shoot, I've been part of. Big reason why he got left out. But most of the people I saw had him voted in. Which I'm like, okay, people are smart. These people still have someone of smart ability to know Wagner should be in. I would I, I wanna I wanna get names and I wanna literally I will interview them on the podcast to find out why he's not voted in. I would love to do that. So if somehow a media reporter 
who did not vote Wagner in, whether this year or any of the other eight years on the ma- of him on the ballot, wants to come on here and explain to me, outside of, oh, he still has another year plus of eligibility left for on the ballot, why he's not on the ballot yet, contact me via the channel. I have Twitter. It's in the description. Contact me on Twitter. I don't care. I want explanation. And you know what, honestly, if you have an explanation why Wagner isn't on the ballot in the Hall of Fame yet, put it in the live chat. Put it in the comments <coughs> of this video or episode. I'm down to here because I don't know what is holding him back. And you know what? I'm down to check something. I'm pretty sure he's not. Yeah, he's not in the Mitchell Report, but he's the one with the steroids players. But you know what? I'll even list you some names, uh, and I'll even share it with you guys. I found a list of names on the Mitchell Report, which is the steroids report. This is, you can see on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Barry Bonds, of course, Jason Giambi, Benito Santiago, Gary Sheffield. Like I said, Sheffield, which is fine, which I, which is why I understand why he didn't get voted in. Uh, Kevin Brown's a name. I almost thought it said Mike Cameron, but not who I thought that was almost. Uh, Roger Clemens. Jack Cust, I vaguely recognize. Lenny Dykstra. Though he also had possibly another thing with the Mets in the 80s. Eric Gagne, sadly. Jerry Harrison Jr. Glenn Allen Hill. Todd Hundley, which she's known for hitting a home run onto the roof of Wrigley Field. Uh, not Wrigley Field, but uh, rooftops. Outside Wrigley Field. David Justice, I even didn't know that. Chuck Knobloch, Paul Duca, or or I guess, uh, sorry, these are clients of the person that administered uh, steroids. Like, this list has some names, but nowhere on here is Billy Wagner. So you don't have the excuse of telling me, oh, he was on the bitch war before. He was not! I, I don't know. I'm going to end it there before I get off way too off angry and upset uh, with the whole rant. And let's just wrap up this episode, but I, I'm just furious about it. It pisses me off. And he's not even a former Cub. I'd be more pissed if he was a for, if he pitched for the Cubs. He did not ever pitch for the Cubs. He only pitched for the, sorry, for the Astros. For the Braves, for the Mets, and for the Phillies. And it's actually Astros, Phillies, Mets, Braves. Just those teams. Nowhere Cubs. And I'm ranting that he should be in. Which for me, saying that, and I'm not even a fan of any team he pitched for, 
including the fact that the Astros were literally division rival of the Cubs when he played for the Astros, because until 2013, he was literally, the Astros were in the NL Central, is really me saying something. Let's wrap this episode up before I get way too off tangent with yelling and ranting and raging again. Oh, Lord. so much for watching this week's episode of Ready in the Loop Podcast. On next week's episode, we'll have NFL Championship Games recap, and we will look in uh, MLB news that pop up between now and then. We will not be talking about Pro Bowl because I do not care about Pro Bowl, and we will not be talking about Super Bowl until the following episode. And whatever else may happen to see now and then. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you're new on YouTube, leave a like, hit the subscribe button, leave a notification bell, which you're notified when I go live. And our post-game video. If you're new on audio, follow the podcast, leave a review, hit the notification bell so you don't post on there. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I will see you next week's episode, episode 112. Bye bye.